Football on Off The Ball. Brought to you by the Boyle Sports app. Cash out and in-play betting available in the App Store and Google Play Store. Now, welcome back. So there's FA Cup action continuing this evening. Liverpool back in action after their defeat to Manchester City are away to Wolves. Kicks off at 7.45. Jason McAteer has been keeping a close eye on Liverpool this season, as you might imagine. Evening, Jason. How are you, boys? You okay? Yeah, very good. We'll talk to you about this game in a second. However, however, Jason, why always you? Well, that opportunity. <laughs> Jason McAteer, superb stuff. Now here's Joe Cole. Konczewski wants it on his left foot. Darren Bent with a whistle has already gone here. The whistle has already gone. Oh, and McAteer has lashed out. Yellow card for Michael Owen, but what is going to follow here for Jason McAteer? That's the question. Tension so high. McAteer, oh, come on. Well, they were both at it. A little kick out from McAteer may have made the difference there. Well, Owen as well. You're quite right. They both were at it. For me, one goes, the other one's got to go. There we are. I tell you what, if it's not Stephen Cluxton, it's Michael Owen. What's your problem? I don't know. <laughs> um, you're right. I, I asked myself the question in the car on the way home. Why always me? Um, <laughs> Particularly when it seems to be well, events for charity. A couple of goals. The lads were in good form. We were playing decent football. Um, yeah, everything was going nice until um, until that moment of controversy, and uh, it had to be me, didn't it? What you, what you, me. Jess, what are you thinking? What are you thinking, mate? Honestly, if I was there, I'd have been able to want to calm you down in that situation. You know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd, to be honest, Kev, right? I'd, I'll, I'll just set the scene, right? <laughs> With these competitions. Um, when Ireland, Northern Ireland, Wales, Scotland, and then you've got a bit of the glamour, they called it in the build-up, of England and the rest of the world. That already sets the tone, you know, for the boys. They're thinking, well, are we not glamorous enough? And um, they always get that element of maybe extra protection or, you know, they always get that element of there's more focus on them. And you do feel, well, I've always felt in these certainly Legends games that there's been a bias towards maybe decisions or protection of players um, and we know that the sponsors involved and we know that possibly they'd like the glamour in the final um, to keep everyone's attention. So we understand that. But there comes a, a point where when you're on the pitch and you're running around for 25 minutes and you are putting in a shift and everyone's battling and the competitiveness comes out in you, the sportsman comes back to you. Um, there is that element of... You know, you don't want to be hard done to by by a poor decision. So, um, Jess, can I say that, though? Can I st- stop you there? Will it, am I right in saying then you took it upon yourself to be a bit anti-establishment? Then would that be would that be fair? In what sense? You well, mean, you, you, the you, or towards well, just towards the, the superstars that you've described. No, not at all. I mean, you know, I totally understand. I understand it, and I get it. And you know, it's something that maybe you've got to live with. But at the end of the day, if if one of them kicks out at you then you've got to stand your own, haven't you? You've got to protect yourself. You've got to ask the question why they did it. And unfortunately, in that moment of in, where it's intense and, and that situation, and I was breathing out me proverbial, um, you know, it, it's very difficult to calm down very quickly. So it was a situation that escalated. Unfortunately, it was Michael Owen, um, because he probably was one of them, players I would say would be slightly more protected or looked after um, and the referee made an absolutely atrocious call and sent me off and not him 
Now, I'm not saying I should not have been sent off. I was a bit petulant. I didn't kick off the backside. I pushed him with my foot, which was a kind of like a, a loving kind of go on, off, off you go. And Michael understood that. He didn't get hurt. He wasn't hurt by it. But the referee should have understood that. Now, they were laughing. Now, I don't know why Soccer Sixers chose laughing referees, um, but they did. And there was not that not a bit of common sense was involved. Now, I, I if he wants to send me off, then fine, send me off. But Michael Owen must have been, should have been sent off for his part in, in that incident. And he wasn't. He was protected. And I said it on the telly. Maybe it was because it was Michael Owen and it was England and the referees were slightly more lenient towards towards these kind of situations. I've um, I've I've misjudged the price. I've misjudged the mood here. I thought we were going to come on and have a big <laughs> laugh about it. Actually, you're a bit annoyed. You're genuinely a bit annoyed about it. Come on, let's lighten it up. What do you want to know? Well, I'll tell you what I would say though. What did Michael Owen say afterwards? You 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 knew each other reasonably well, or did you have a year together, or no? As players, oh, years, years, years. Okay, years, okay. Years. So you know each other. He comes through with it. Listen, there's absolutely no problem with me, and Michael Owen. Now we sat in the car afterwards. You know, we spoke about it afterwards. We laughed about it. We put our arms. I wanted to chin his mate. Like his mate was doing there. His mate was goading me as I was coming off. His fifty-five-year-old mate was standing off like a ten-year-old child, waving me off the pitch, telling me to go off your pop. I wanted to chin him. Right, <laughs> Michael, uh, absolutely. Like, fine. Listen, we understand. Joe, the incident, I totally get the incident. It's like, if you want to lash out at me, then, you know, it happens. Yeah, like, to be fair, I thought, I, thought your, I thought your kick up the bum was a very playful off-you-go kick. Yeah, it wasn't a proper... It, was. it wasn't Bishop but, Brennan. I mean, there's no problem with it at all. Me and Michael have got no problems. We, you know, we, we didn't kiss and make up, but we, we had a conversation and laughed about it. And, and these things happen. Kev will tell you these things happen. I tell you but, what was mad was how much everybody was watching the Star Sixes over Christmas. Yeah, yeah. crazy, wasn't it? Unbelievable. We, we had the FA Cup on. There wasn't too much interest in the FA Cup, I have to say that. So no, we, no, and I've got to be honest. It's, um, it was an unbelievable competition put together by Soccer Sixes. I mean, the, the way we were looked after, um, you know, it was very, very professional, um, the way they did things. Hotel was fantastic. They looked after us. You know, we had a pint. Do you know what I loved? I absolutely loved. And I was gutted Kev wasn't there because I asked Kev, he blew me out. We couldn't afford him. That's basically the crux of it. Now he's like big time on the telly and all that kind of stuff. We couldn't afford him. But um, we got this lovely team together, like a lovely blend of youth and experience um, in all areas. Drinking, entertaining. Yes, we, we did have the oldest attacking lineup in world football, didn't we? Let's be fair. It was about 108 years. What was it? On, on, Quinn and Owen Coyle. On Coyle and Quinn, okay. Who was best performer? Quinny scored, though. Quinny scored. So we had you, Ian Hart, Phil Babb, Carsley, Liam Lawrence, Richie Partridge, Owen Coyle, Stephen Hunt. You, it was, the, the, the tone was set in the first game. Stephen Hunt and Barry Ferguson. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, and then they went at it. Hunt to get sent off, and then that was it then, really. So. Which wasn't a sending off. Which wasn't a sending off. No, no. Who was the, no. Best, who was the best Irish performer? Um. Well, it was tough. If I had to pick, I couldn't pick one. I'll give you two. Phil Babb and Lee Carsley were unbelievable. Right. They were outstanding. Absolutely right. outstanding. That was until I mean, Carzo Car could still play. Yeah, Car Carzo was very good, but he, 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 I thought Carzo was the best player until he, he had his pocket picked by Mendieta in, against the world, uh, the rest of the world. And, you know, Mendieta's caused us enough damage over the years as well. So that was it, really. That, that did it for me with Carzo. We don't like talking about it, Kev. No. We don't like talking about it. That no. was our policy in the dressing room. We don't, we don't pick on negative. <laughs> We're very positive. But, I mean, the camaraderie in the, in the dressing room, you know, it was like that proper 
you know, they had the stuff in the Irish dressing room, we had that. Do you know, I'll tell you what happened. When we got there on the Friday, um, we all got together and we were having a pre-match and you could have a bet. And we looked at the betting and fifth, obviously, rest of the world, England, Scotland, I think it was Wales, Northern Ireland, they were all really close in the betting. And I think it was like anywhere between nine to two and five to one. And then Ireland was sixth place, 10 to one. It was like ridiculously outside, outside as we were. And that was our team talk when he went, I'm not happy with that. So like we were like, let's not finish bottom and let's spoil the party. And we were just, the team spirit was brilliant. You know, it was, the dressing room was buzzing. It was like proper going back to Lansdowne Road days and, and running out with a green jersey on and just trying to do your best. It was brilliant. I loved every second of it. Yeah, I didn't see much of it. I saw bits of it. So England beat Ireland 1-0. You drew 3-0 with the North. What were you doing, Joe? You beat <laughs> Wales 4-3 and rest of the world 2, Ireland 1. I saw Robert Pires scoring a hat-trick in one game. He looked good. Yeah, it was that was the game. first game. That was the opener. We were in every game. We were in every game. Scotland should have been 0-0 once he got sent off. Ridiculous decision by the Latvian referee again. Um, I think we played... We drew with Northern Ireland. Could have gone either way. Rest of the world... Bang average, by the way. We should have beat them. Yeah. Bang average. Yeah, right. I agree. Um, yeah, yeah. We should have beat them. I agree. Wales, we beat. England should have been nil-nil. And Scotland, we drew. So we finished joint third. Okay. Uh, before you go, yeah. Liverpool Wolves this evening and then uh, Liverpool back in action after the City game. So how confident are you feeling at this stage that Liverpool are going to go on and win the league based on everything that you've seen? Obviously, if, if you give me this position at the beginning of the season where they had taken a four points, of course, what is them? Um, but it would have been nice if it was 10. I think everyone was feeling if we'd have gone 10 points clear, could City have made that gap up with the amount of games left and the situation it would have been in? I, I don't think so. So mm. I think we've. I actually felt we might have had one hand on the trophy if that would have been the result, a more positive result against mm. Manchester City. But obviously, it wasn't to be. I think it's a it's a mental battle now. Um, obviously, we were unbeaten up to that stage, so we enter like a, a mental battle. You know, we've got to get we've got to get back to winning ways. We've got to respond. Um, we've got to bounce back from that defeat. Um, but you know, we've got a fantastic manager whose man management of the, of the club and the team is is brilliant. You know, we come out straight after the game, very very positive. Mm. The players, you know, they come out straight after the game. You could sense the team talk. You know, after the, the final whistle, was very positive in the dressing room. I'm sure they were all reminded that you don't, you know, you don't worry about it. You know, you've played a very, very good team away from home. And, mm. You know, we're, we're in it. For, I mean, it, could, it was fine margins. It could have gone either way. Could have been sent off. Could have been different. If Mane's would have gone over the line. Could have been different. Yeah. You know, Sane's could back up. There was loads of ifs and buts. But you know, possibly at the end of the day, you could say Manchester City deserved it. But Liverpool were very much in it. Um, yeah, we've got a nice run of games now. Brighton next. We've obviously got Wolves tonight. I think it'll be quite a few changes. Um, but yeah, I mean, four points clear at this stage of the season. You'd take it, of course you would. How do you view tonight then, Jason? Just just quickly on the Wolves game then. Would you rather go out tonight, get it done and dusted, just solely concentrate on the league and Champions League? Not, no, not at all. I, I actually think the biggest hindrance is the Champions League. Believe it, believe it or not. Listen, I think, I think Jürgen Klopp, I, I think the club needs a bit of silverware. I think, you know, we need that day out. We need... You know, the FA Cup, which is the only trophy we could play for domestically, we need, we could do with that in the in the cabinets. That would be nice. It would on Jürgen's CV. You know, the fans would be happy. Um, you know, I would I would go as far as we could in the Champions League. If we go out, I wouldn't be too worried. Massive emphasis, on, obviously, on the Premier League because of the situation we're in. But I think there's a real importance to, 
you know, to put a decent team out tonight and, and to get a result and go as far as we can, you know, we've got to be one of the favourites the way we're playing to win this competition. And I'd like to see us, you know, really apply ourselves and, and really go for it. Um, we've, we've built a squad now. We've spent a lot of money. We've built a squad that can cope, you know, with the demands of, of cup football and, and, and league football. So, um, so I would like to see, you know, obviously a few changes. I think a few of the lads need a bit of a mental rest after that Christmas period. Um, so I'd like to see a few changes. But the lads who come in, you know, I'd like to see them, you know, roll the sleeves up and get a result tonight. Okay. Listen, thanks so much for giving us your time. I know you're under pressure and the lesson from the weekend and from Stephen Cluxton, Michael Owen, is if it's a charity match, Jason McAteer is bringing his angry face. <laughs> Game face. Game face for the charity matches, yeah. Uh, thanks a million. Cheers. Thanks, Jason. Cheers. Bye, bye, bye. Thank Happy you. New Year. Take care, boys. There you are. That's Jason McAteer speaking to us earlier on. I feel like we should defend Latvian referees right from the off. Yeah. They got a tough harsh time. That, harsh that from Gates. I feel like Latvian referees are still good enough to referee 40 and 50 year old men running around in a six society. Yeah. <laughs> I think they have that yeah. in their locker. There wasn't too much pace on the pitch. I, no, think, I think that was clear to see, wasn't kept it? Kept up with the play. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll never admit it to McAteer, but he definitely was wronged. He should have either got a red for Owen and McAteer or it should have been yellows each. Yeah. We yeah. can agree on that. Yeah. I'm glad we've got to the important issues tonight, Kev. Yeah, Journalism the, at work, the super, God, whatever, the, the star sixes. Star sixes, yeah, you got it right eventually. Yeah. That said, it was the first thing everyone mentioned in the office this morning. Yeah, well, it, it was almost like you, you, you go and nip onto Twitter last night as well, wasn't it? And that was, that was the only thing you were seeing clips of. People uh, just tuning in, so we spoke to Jason McAteer earlier <coughs> on, and he did say there that he expected changes for Liverpool this evening. You might give people the Liverpool team. Yeah, it's, only, a, it's a vulnerable team this yeah, evening. Yeah, it is. Two minutes into the game, still nil-nil. Um, but Richie mentioned it earlier on. Yeah, it's, they've gone Sam Mignolet in goal, back four of Rafael Camacho. We wouldn't know too much about. He's uh, he's coming in tonight for his first start. Lovren and Fabinho are playing centre halves. Fabinho's right back at best for Brazil at times. Yeah, he's played. He has played at full back, but never centre. I think half. he played there for Monaco as well, Joe. Um, right, centre on, half only on occasions. No, right back. Okay. Uh, I don't recall him ever playing centre half. So this is a new one. Okay. But uh, again, it's a new one. Maybe stepping into midfield, I suppose as well. Moreno, we know how. Bad it is. So it's it's a very vulnerable back four. Yeah. That is that is certainly the case as well. Uh, midfield four of of Milner, Shakiri, uh, Jones, which again is coming in tonight for his first start. Curtis Jones, only seventeen. So right. again, vulnerabilities there. Naby Keita, it's more of a diamond shape. It looks like the plane, and then it's a regain storage up front. So it's um, an experimental side from from uh, Jurgen Klopp tonight. Yeah, without a doubt. It's fairly clear Jurgen Klopp's attitude to this competition is. Of course we would like to win. And he's put out a side that have a chance, but it's mm. well down their priority list, and that's totally fair enough. Definitely. So. Uh, they're just underway. Wolves are in. No, it's offside. Okay. Four minutes gone. Nil all at Molyneux. After 8 o'clock, we're going to be talking rugby. Rory O'Connor and Keith Wood on the way. Football on Off The Ball. Brought to you by the Boyle Sports app. Cash out and in-play betting available in the App Store and Google Play Store. just occurred to me now and this is not something I really should do on air and I suspect this is going to be played back to me in a montage yeah. and haunt me. Go on. But I'm going to put myself out there. You can embarrass yourself here. Okay. So on occasion I played football and when I hit a Let's shot from, senior league. when I had a shot from outside the box it looked to me like the ball was moving incredibly slowly to the far corner. You know? Like yeah. I just thought it's taken an age to reach the goal. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just wondering if that was my angle. As in I could see what was going to happen so early on that you know the ball didn't seem to be traveling at great speed to me even if i thought i hit it okay right. so i'm wondering have you hit a shot from outside the area and you thought there wasn't much pace on that but then when you watched it back on tv you thought oh it was actually moving through the air quite well 
Oh my God. Are we on air talking about this? What the hell are you on about? Right, we'll move on. Pat and Evan, Happy New Year. And happy to you too, Joe, and to you, Kevin. Hello, you Patrick. All good? Very well. You didn't hear any of the last 30 did you, seconds. Did you hear that question, Joe, uh, Pat? You just asked me. I'm just going to dig him out of a hole there. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> right. I think what you're talking about is when you hit it and you don't feel it. It just comes off so smoothly and it's a clean, clean hit. It's like that golf shot you hit where you don't feel anything and it goes 200 yards. Um, it's just timing. Yeah. You've hit something timed well. It feels like nothing, but it's clean and it's pure. And all those slimy left footers do it all the time. Mm. And all us right footers struggle to do it that often. So that's do, do you know what, Pat? Do well, in Joe, that that in, wasn't my issue, to be In fair. Joe's, Joe's defence here, Joe is the, is the face of rugby over here now. But he, he's actually a very good footballer. He can actually Stop. play a little bit. He can play. That he was not the play. reason I brought that up. I was just genuinely yeah. curious if when you hit a ball, it didn't... It, it actually was travelling faster than you might have thought when you hit it. Not because you hit it sweetly and didn't feel it, but actually just because your angle, you could see it going in all the way and you were probably willing it to go a bit faster. Yeah. I don't know. No, okay. No, Fine. I, mean, I, I haven't said no. I didn't, but obviously, yeah. I've taken us down a difficult route yeah, right from the off. I did my best I, I did my best. <laughs> I know you did. No, I know you, you gave me an out there, but I have to be honest and say that's not what I meant. <laughs> I did mean something other than that. But anyway, we'll move on. Did you score many from outside the box, Pat? Um, the vast majority were inside the All box. Right. Um, but yeah, a, a few outside the box. I probably scored more headers than I scored balls for, is shots from outside yeah. the box. Just arriving, arriving, arriving across your, your fullback and getting into a good area. Always, yeah. yeah. Um, but all, all totally different. Oddly enough, someone asked me recently, uh, did I have a kind of montage of goals I'd scored? You know, you could put online or something. I went, eh? No, not really. <laughs> um, so I thought about, I looked through some old stuff and they're just completely and utterly different. None of them seem to be particularly the same. So I hadn't got a special type of goal, just, you know, whatever happened, you know. Pat, did I remember you scoring a few chips in your, in your time as well? Look, I, I, I will own up to the scoop. If it was anything, that the was scoop the one. was That was the one, it was a scoop, thing. yeah. Yeah, so one and one with the keepers of that, you just, not a chip, a scoop. Um, I'm trying to think, who was the player who did it for Manchester United? It was, uh, oh, that was a great player. Paborski, Paborski. Yeah. A few years after I'd done it against Manchester United, he'd done it for Man United. But no, he did, it in, the, he did it in the Euros. He did it for the Czech Republic in uh, Euro 96. Exactly. There was a few that have done that one. I don't know why people don't do it more often, although I have got one suggestion. At training, I always used to get one-on-ones with uh, Neville Southall when I was at Everton. And the only way to beat Neville was to scoop him because it's impossible to stop it. He goes about 15 feet in the air. The problem was Neville would then chase you all the way out of Belfield and try and beat you up because he hated getting beat and he knew there's nothing he could do about that one. So uh, I stopped doing it in training and just done it in games. Do we, did we ever, by the way, have any theories as to why lefties struck the ball so well, Pat? I've asked and asked and asked. You know, you, tennis players are kind of similar. You know, they all seem to have a kind of smoothness about it. Mm. You know, and, and hey, and of course, We'd say that they all hit the ball smoothly, but of course none of them can kick the ball with the right foot at all. They're absolutely useless. So what they what the Lord get take get with the way he takes with something else. It is true, you don't see many lefties with a right no, foot. Uh, we have the argument with Dave McIntyre. Dave's like, How how can a, a professional footballer not kick the ball with his bad foot? It's like uh, don't know, Dave, but yeah. I mean even even when you were doing the little shooting drills and you get little one played to your right foot, it was almost if you 
you're trying to wind your body up in a certain way to have ah. Uh, the only one I used to have was maybe just try and curl it, just try and swinger, just just whip your foot round it, and that was it. I, like I, I'd have a decent enough strike on my left, but on me on me right, ah, oh, nothing. No good. Nothing. So, um, Pat, this is the first time, obviously, you've been on in the new year, and there's just a ton of stuff which has happened. We were remarking earlier on in the show that it is strange. You know, you, you Christmas and you, it feels like match of the day is on every day, and you lose track of what games are on when, and suddenly you emerge, and Manchester City have this game to keep the league alive against Liverpool on Thursday. It was amazing how it all happened. I missed all the Manchester City losses with one thing and another. So we want to talk about that. There's uh, Solskjaer at Manchester United, which is very interesting. There's goings-on at Chelsea between buying and selling young players, which I'm sure people would like your opinions on. Uh, before all that, just uh, very briefly, because uh, I appreciate this conversation can become tiresome, the FA Cup uh, third round generally provokes uh, much navel-gazing uh, amongst FA Cup lovers. So. I don't know where it really is at the moment or how you feel about it. Uh, the general sense, if I was to sum it up at the moment in 2018-19, is that the big clubs don't really care too much about it. However, they're so rich and their squads are so deep, they can sort of muddle their way through to a semi-final or final anyway and then put out their best team. Um, and that's kind of where we are, it feels, at the moment. Yeah, that is where we are. Um, and oddly, I'm okay with that. Um, gives the small teams a chance. If you're playing for the Barnlets of this world, uh, etc. You think, well, at least I've got a chance to be a bigger team. Uh, you probably have no chance whatsoever if they put out the strongest team. Uh, and that's just the deal. You beat what's in front of you. Uh, yes, they will always then, as they get to the latter stages, try and put out their strongest team, you know, the big guns. But, you know, if you say to Liverpool tonight, you must put your strongest team out, and they stick Virgil van Dijk out in that game, mm. and he goes down the way Lovren does, and then they lose oh, Champions League. What a strike. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Pat. Shakiri's just hit an unbelievable free kick. It's just to come off the post. What a free kick. Sorry, Pat. Saved, though. Yeah, that's no, no off problem. Post, sorry. But when that's the kind of brilliant thing about it, you know, you can bring Shakiri in and he can do something special, although I'm not sure that Origi at the start of the game, uh, alongside Sturridge, looks as if they could care less. Mm. But the pro that's not a problem. I think that's fine. That's all mm. okay. But if you're Liverpool and, you, as I say, you stick Van Dijk on that pitch and he goes down injured after three minutes... Mm. You'll probably lose the league, and you'll probably lose Champions League opportunities as well. And it's not—it just is not sensible to do it. As you speak, they're bringing on Mo Salah with 20 minutes to go to try and rescue this game. So clearly they do want to give it a bit of a go. Do you feel the FA Cup needs rescuing, an incentive of some kind, or will we just let it drift and see where it ends up in 10, 15, 20 years? Can it, where it's ended up is where it's been for a little while. I think it has drifted to where it is. Yeah. I don't think it's changed a great deal in the last couple of years. Yeah, um, true. I don't think it's a really bad place. I think, I think Pat, the, the, I mean, we look at it again across the weekend, the big stories this weekend are the shocks. We, we spoke about Newport, spoke about Oldham coming back against Fulham away from home. Pat's touched on Barnet there. They become the stories of the round, don't they? And that, that's probably the way it has always been to an extent, the third round. It's that little giant killing one that comes in. I think the big clubs will get to the semis, quarterfinals, and one of the bigger clubs should win it again this year. That's yeah. the way it always is. To be fair, I'd, I'd probably agree with you, but it's kind of stabilised over the last couple of years. It doesn't feel like it's declined massively in the last five or six years. We've, we've reached uh, the, the kind of standard FA Cup season mm. now. It feels I, like. I, I do. I, I revert back to, to myself, though, John. I, and again, I know it's, it's not as if... You're obviously... You, you've followed Premier League football your whole life, but I started out in Preston in the old Division 3, as it was, League 2 as it is now, and... If you could get a third round tie, it meant everything to the town. It meant everything to the, to the club. And 
now there's so much more money in it for the club. There's so much more cash incentive. If you look at what Alden did yesterday, it's it's paying wages and things like this. So it was it was such a big thing. And I even remember growing up watching Preston as a kid, waiting for waiting for a third round tie. They only came around. I, I only remember Sheffield Wednesday, a big FA Cup tie. John Sheridan was playing, I think, that there. Trevor Francis. They were the they were the the only ties that I remember as a kid. So it, they were the big ones. And a club like Preston, I know they're a Championship club now, but and many other clubs, Oldham. You could go through the whole league and you yeah. can name any clubs. They, 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 they were the big ones. So it, it means it does mean a lot more to, to the lower no, clubs. No, look, I appreciate the lower clubs. Pat, I, I, I've no issue with the Liverpools in their predicament. Well, it's not a predicament, in their position arresting the big players. I suppose it's more the Leicesters of the world, given that they, they're what, they're seventh in the league. Yeah, and yeah. Are they not a perfect team who can beat anyone on their day and therefore should try and win an FA Cup with this still relatively talented squad? And yet they rest Jamie Vardy and one or two others. I know it was a reasonably Everyone, strong so side. Many changes, yeah. So many but, changes. But that, 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 that middle tier could actually go on a great journey and their Premier League status is fine regardless. The middle tier is quite limited, isn't it? There's yeah. only four or five, maybe six teams that are middle tier, i.e. you ain't going to get into the top five and you ain't going to get relegated either. Mm. Um, they're actually quite small. And even the ones that are doing really fairly well up there, they don't want to go on a long, bad run and get dragged into anything. And also remember how much you get per position that you sort of finish up in the league yeah. is a lot of money yeah. as well. So they take that into account. Managers think of it in different ways. The managers make the decisions right. And their decision has to be what's best for A, the club, B, me. I.e., I don't want to go on a bad run because my striker's injured mm. in the league and end up three positions below where I was last season and then I get a hoof. And that's how they think of it. They don't think of it in the kind of wider glory ways that other people do. They're kind of like much more business-like in the way they do it. But the vast majority of them, are. it's easy if you're up the top, if you're Jurgen Klopp and you're Pep and all that, you can do all the nice things. Yeah. But if you're in that hard work area in the middle, I don't think the managers can because it's such a precarious job. No, it's true. Antonio Conte and Louis van Gaal would testify that it doesn't guarantee you much. So right. FA Cup meanders on. Uh, Man City-Liverpool then on Thursday. I mean, it, it was amazing to emerge from Christmas and have this game. Uh, suddenly, you know, they, they thought that suddenly Liverpool were going 10 points clear and we were saying earlier on, you go from when Van Dijk skied that effort against Everton when we basically were on the point of handing Man City the title. So, uh, talk to us about this game. Did you rate it as highly as, as a lot of us seem to? Um, I thought it was technically an interesting game. I thought it was quite, it was very, very tense. I have seen a lot more exciting games in my life, to be honest. But yeah. it's just because of the occasion, the moment, and what it meant, and the imp the imperative that you know for the league to keep on going. Manchester City had to win it, um, and the fact that Man City did do a number of things that were different. I thought the tactics of the game were really quite intriguing. The fact that Liverpool asked the two attack-minded fullbacks just to sit for the first 45 minutes. Whereas, you know, you look at the, the the attitude of the Manchester City midfield, so it's, both silvers were going and throwing in tackles everywhere, and you're thinking, we're in a different alternate universe here where everything's just wrong. Um, I love the fact that, you know, Liverpool, you know, just thought, well, we, we can play one way, and then we'll adapt it for the second half. But I also love the fact that it didn't work, because the Liverpool that I like to watch is the Liverpool, it's the devil may care, have a go, mm. we'll score more goals than you. Well, they didn't do that for 45 minutes. Mm. They, they were cleverer than that, but that cleverness didn't actually work for them. I think the right team won, you know, on the night, purely because of, you know, I think from start to finish, Manchester City, even though they had the two more defensive-ish fullbacks mm. on there, I think that was from 
necessity most of the time because Walker hadn't been doing so well recently. I just think they had a more positive attitude from the start. Mm. And when Liverpool made that change in midfield and went to a four, it, uh, they scored the goal shortly afterwards and there was a sense that they were more in the game. Is that because uh, the shape just suited the game better or is that because of personnel? Isn't it gorgeous? We can all look at it a different way. My thoughts was at halftime he said to you, two full-backs, right, go. Just go and play your game. Yeah. So who creates the goal? It's the left-back. You know, and I was talking about it at half-time, saying, look, I can't believe you're asking Robertson to sit. Yeah. I mean, he's all right. Mm. He's not bad as a left fullback. He's unbelievable as an attacking left fullback. A few minutes into the second half, he's the one that's getting down that line. If, to be honest, I also thought, <coughs> excuse me, they, they knew where the weakness was. And uh, you know, the, the, the Liverpool, you know, they knew where the weaknesses were in Man City. And I certainly thought Manchester City knew where the weaknesses were in, in Liverpool. You look at Man City, they overloaded in the left-hand side time and time and time again. Sani had a good game. But if you look at it, you know, Bernardo Silva and David Silva were flying to that left-hand side. And you look, look, both of the goals came from that left-hand side. You know, for them attacking the left-hand side. They weren't coming down the side that Robertson was and Van Dijk were. Mm. So there was, a, there was layer upon layer. Mm. See, when we talk about technically it was a good game, and fans go, oh, for goodness sake, shut up. Don't be a bore. <laughs> that sort of thing where you know managers are doing really clever things, that's what was most impressive about it. And it, it could be read in a number of levels. Yeah. I absolutely appreciate your point about maybe not being terribly exciting in some ways. And if it lacked anything, it was maybe goal mouth action. However, uh, Kev, in some respects, one of the more interesting things was that we, we have these two teams and they're fitter than ever yeah. and they're frantic and working unbelievably <laughs> hard and closing down together as a unit. And so it's got almost this, this old school British quality of pressure yeah. and hard work and, and rolling up your sleeves. But you've got this technical aspect that Pat's talking about thrown in. And honestly, there were moments where the back four on both sides were all like the courage to play football under yeah. they were almost outnumbered at times you had, you had almost last men flicking balls over forwards and running around them to try and yeah. keep the ball uh, I just thought there were so many moments where I thought this is unbelievably courageous football you're right risky passing into midfield yeah. the, pa the, pa the pace on the passing is something that's really gone on to the next level over the last couple of seasons the way that we've seen Kevin De Bruyne pass a ball the way that we're seeing Liverpool's full-backs passing the ball the way that was it, whoever it would be on, on the pitch the, the top sides now that's what makes the game a lot more entertaining it, it adds to more mistakes because mm. someone might have a loose touch when that ball's fizzed into them a, a lad's able to step in and take it off and then you've got they've got an attack quick transition yeah. but I, I like that element of it I like the pace in the game that there was an element of mistakes at times but the mistakes were being capitalised and it was a quick counter against and you, it. you could argue the mistakes were forced errors as yes, opposed to unforced. Yes, most definitely, most yeah. definitely. Um, I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the rivalry within that game. Bit of a throwback to me to a, a United Arsenal that from something that Pat's touching about there. That it was it was nervy, it was slightly edgy. Nobody wanted to give that 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 little yard or that little bit of space to somebody else just so you knew for well that they could hurt each other badly because of the, the talent that was on the pitch. I did half wonder, Pat, if that is maybe the next frontier for English football. You've got the, the teams will only get fitter and be able to press more and more and more and more. And then you've got the, 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 the dousing of technical ability thrown in on top. And, and maybe you get more games like that over the next 10 years. I don't know. No, I've always thought that football was kind of, everyone thinks it's an upward trajectory. I, I don't kind of see that. I've went through periods where I thought it was being power plays. I remember the very early days of the Premier League. I thought it stunk. Yeah, I, I hated it. You know, just a lot of power plays and the odd talented foreign player playing. Um, I, I couldn't be bothered with it. It didn't interest me really. 
uh, and then it got more technical and then other technical things happened and then the power players have to come in again and then it's a lot about more about pure speed um <clears throat> but you're right as soon as one area gets really really strong then it loses it's like like barcelona got absolutely brown with these little guys that are ping 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 well that's fine but eventually you'll get power players that will be able to sort of overrun them in certain situations you, it's fair enough them having the ball for 75-80% of the game. If you've got eight guys that are six foot three and you get a couple of corners, you'll probably score. So you have to get some sort of balance in it. And I think it's adapting the balances, but I do take your point, and I agree with it, about an Englishness about that game that I didn't expect mm. from um, them. It, you know, the, the, those brave balls at the start. But see, with 10, 15 minutes ago, I've never seen company hoof the ball <laughs> so many times in my life and I'm thinking good on yeah. you mate you just needed that at that point in time I don't know if you also know some one bit that really got me and it's maybe Aguero's not the best person to talk about but he was making a huge amount of runs off the ball the sort of thing you don't see in the telly all the time but he ran himself into the ground and see we have about three minutes to go if you ever get a chance to see it again he chases down a ball he doesn't get it he chases wide and then he stops and he tries to start again and he can't. Mm. He just can't move. Mm. He just stops. He can't. He's just, he's never, you'd almost think he's actually never ran that hard in his life. Yeah. But, so it's impressive that you're actually getting that Englishness, actually getting into our Britishness, mm. maybe whatever you call it, going on to those players who are real technical players as well. And if you add both those things together, then that would be brilliant mm. to watch. I, I, just, I just, just going back to your original point about the FA Cup and things like this, Joe, as well, it's maybe going off, off a bit. But, it shows, I think it shows the quality in both City and Liverpool sides and the gulf between it. City played a, a weakened side to an extent yesterday, like, yet you're bringing De Bruyne in, you're bringing talent. Look at Liverpool's squad here tonight. They're not playing the same type of football because they simply can't. Whereas City, whichever of the 24 or whatever, 25 players that's going to go in, they know exactly what to do. They, they can play the same way, they've got the same amount of ability. Liverpool's second string is not of the level that the first 11 would be or no. the first 14 would be. No, it's true. Um, I think was it, it was Rotherham they beat, wasn't it? Rotherham, yeah. yeah. I think their manager said that Man City's slowest player today was quicker than our yeah. quickest player. It could so have been four really, up in 10 yeah. minutes. really could have been. I, I, kind of an interesting uh, one, Pat, then. So do you think over the next kind of five, 10 years that the next batch of managers, is it increased fitness that is going to change the game the most and actually the tactics that you can implement, given that you've got fitter and faster players who can do more things, even just in terms of the ground they're covering, or will it be increased technical ability which will change what we're seeing? Um, I think you're talking about Manchester City there. Yeah, they're quick, but they're all good technically. Mm. Um, I'm not too sure the technical abilities are that massively above what they've been in the past. It's just that they're all here. It's just a lot of them are all in the top few clubs yeah. in England, and they're all kind of stuck in the same sort of place. I watch the technical abilities of the, the players uh, mid to lower um, in the Premier League, and I don't think there's a massive change there, to mm. be honest, in the last right, okay. 15, 20 years. I see, yeah, a bit more power. There's a physical, they've been taken care of physically. Sometimes they even get more rest because of bigger squads. Um, but purely as technical players, uh, no, not really. But the top teams, yeah. But that's mostly because you look at them. That's some of the best players in the world all stuck together. Yeah. And you'll be able to throw the net a lot wider. So that's it. Getting, if I would go back to one thing, English players specifically, I think they're slowly but surely becoming technically better. 
I think this last little group that's coming through of youngsters, mm. I, mean, I see a lot of them obviously come through the Chelsea Academy, but you look at the young English teams. Now, I've watched English teams. I've been involved with Scotland. We've won European championships at under 18s and stuff like that, and it has had no effect long term. But I watched this group coming through, mm. and I think, actually, no, you're technically better. So it may well be that they will actually have more of a say going forward. And that's, yeah, pace is fine. They'll all have a decent amount of pace. They'll have to have it. But I think they're technically a wee bit better than I've seen coming through for a while. Okay. I, I thought from both of you then, finally, as we leave Liverpool Man City. So Liverpool are potentially here going to lose the second game in a row and there'll be lots of headlines tomorrow. And uh, obviously this game has to be set aside from the Premier League. <coughs> I, I, it's funny, I was talking, my brother's a Liverpool fan, you know, and he's kind of starting to wonder maybe this might actually happen, you know. And we were talking after the City game and he said, and I totally knew what he meant, he said, like, it didn't actually feel like we lost the game in some respects because the margins were so fine and, you know, it, it, they showed they were just as good as City. It wasn't like they were outclassed. Um, and I, I shared that sense too. And Klopp, you suspect, uh, had that sense based on his post-match comments. I guess the question is, will that defeat to City have a destabilising effect on Liverpool, Pat? Not that one. I don't think so. Okay. You go away to Manchester City. The hardest game of the season where they need to win and you don't need to win. You like to win, but you don't need to win. And that is officially the hardest game you're going to get uh, this season uh, in the league. So, and you just, you know, you're unlucky, but you go down 2 1. Mm. And you've also, in the end of it, still got that big gap. No, that's not the game that's going to kill them. Um, if they lose another one after this, if they go, is it Brighton? Yeah, uh, Brighton. The yeah. And if they drop a couple of points there, that might have a little bit of a shake. You know, that might start. And if, if City don't go in a run, you know, they scored obviously their seven goals there. But if they go in a run now with De Bruyne apart, you know, and you think actually they could go and win every game between now and the end of the season. Yeah. They actually could. I think I think Liverpool fans will be probably looking beyond that Brighton game as well. You look at the next five games, Brighton, Palace, Leicester, West Ham, Bournemouth before they play Bayern Munich in the Champions League and Man United then in the in the Premier League. There's five games where you look and you think they are all winnable. That's 15 points there. So, without wanting to get, I think that Brighton game is that most important one now. Go down to Brighton, who do make it difficult. Chris Shooton will, will we know how he's going to play. Yeah. It'll be very difficult to break down that side. So, concentrate on that one. If you get a result there, I think the rest, they've got two home games back to back, Palace and Leicester. I think they win those comfortably enough. Then you can think about those five games. But that Brighton game's key now, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, there's still two one down, five minutes to go. Pat, there's a, a good few more things I want to talk to you about. I can do that if you can hang on two minutes for an ad break. Do you mind? I've got all the time in the world, man. Okay, great. Back in a second. We'll talk about Oli Gunnar Solskjaer in a second. Football on Off The Ball. Brought to you by the Boyle Sports app. Cash out and in-play betting. Available in the App Store and Google Play Store. Now, welcome back. Myself and Chemical Ban here in studio. 88 minutes on the clock at Molyneux. It is still Wolves 2, Liverpool 1. Firmino and Mo Salah on for the last 20 minutes. Uh, Liverpool trying to salvage this one. Uh, Pat, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, so far, I've realised some things are important in management. Uh, this is me talking, by the way, not Solskjaer. But uh, I'm boiling it down to uh, say nice things about your players and the club and tell them to pass the ball forward and uh, sit back and see what happens. <laughs> and massage a few egos yeah, and important. Uh, make people feel comfortable. Um, and maybe if you haven't done a huge amount of managing at the very, very top level, you look at some of those in players and say, they're quite good. Why don't you go out and do what you're good at? Mm. You know, mm. it's not what I want you to do. Do what you're good at, but do it in a positive sense. 
that's to take nothing away from Solskjaer because it's clear that he's made a difference in a couple of players. Lukaku's looks quite different now. Absolutely, he just he's running in a different way. His movements in a different direction at the moment. I've heard him already talking about the fact that he's just been told to play with his head facing the goal. You know, it's almost like I can remember again, a, a years ago, a couple of years ago, I got uh, one lesson, my only ever golfing lesson. And at the end of the lesson, they said, just one thing to tell you, mate. See, when you finish a shot, your buckle's facing the front. Changed my game completely. Mm. Sometimes that's all you need. That one little line. Um, and it's just a little line. He's obviously said to Lukaku, he's looked at him and thought, stop playing with your back to goal. Yeah. Just go the other way, mm. play on the shoulder. And he looks a different player and he's getting into better positions now. It's amazing, really. It, it's certainly true in golf, seeing as you mentioned that in a step. It's probably true in football as well. It's actually the genius is to come up with the one swing thought that is going to have a... Get into the head. Yeah, and is, but is, is the one that's going to provoke all the other nice things that will happen oh, yeah. as yeah. a result. Oh, yeah. Like, the, I mean, you having your buckle facing the target means that your weight is moving forward, your shoulders are going a certain way. Like, a million other things are happening just by virtue of you thinking about your buckle. And I guess it's the same with Lukaku. Like, it's, it's hard to distill forward play down to a phrase, but maybe he has just said play more facing the goal and then... 20 other things happen. I, I, mean, it, I have told you yeah. one before, another one. Uh, your own John Aldridge telling me this. Oh, yeah. Get to an area. Just, just go where the defenders aren't. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Nothing more. Yeah. yeah. 19 goals later. <laughs> Best season I'd ever had for scoring goals. And that is get an idea into your head. And sometimes, you know, you can actually fill it with lots and lots of complex, over complex things. I mean, Gordon Strachan was one person I always used to say, a hell of a simple game made mm. really, really complicated by stupid people. Mm. And you, after you work out what that sentence means, it makes it makes a bit of sense. And you're right. And I think he's, if he is as clever as he's probably hiding, the, the cleverest yeah. people I've ever met are much more clever than they pretend to be. Mm. And if he is that, and he's looking at various ones and saying, right, that's what he needs. That's what he needs. Pogba, all you need to be told is, go and do it, mate which clearly he has been told to do. Mm. And suddenly he's got a smile on the face. He's, he's run. He's, his gait is completely different. He's not told him to change all that. He's getting his head up more. He's not told him to change that. He's running more. He's not told him that. All he's said is, go out and enjoy your game and do what you're good at. Mm. And as you say, Kevin, everyone else seems to follow from it. It's finding that one bon mot, the right thing to say at the right time. Mm. Yeah, no, it's very interesting because I, like, Solskjaer made a point, Kev, in the first game of saying, well, I've just told him to pass the ball forward more. And I, yeah. I mean, I know it's, it's more complicated than that, of course, but it's very apparent if you watch Manchester United regularly, they were all looking to pass the ball forward more and maybe as a result, players were more willing to run beyond yeah. the ball knowing that's where it was going. I, I don't think you'll, you'll ever see Man United, I'm not saying it, it's not happened, but I would say the first thought as the ball's coming in from a fullback, f little spin around the corner into the striker's feet. It's what the strikers love. The strikers, they'll scream at midfield players. It's something that you would regularly have seen, Man United fans would have seen the pass from Roy Keane. Roy Keane immediately, Paul Scholes, spin around the corner, follow your pass. Little things like that. We talk about patterns on the pitch. As, as it's coming in, you have that pitch, you know you're spinning it into the striker's feet. It gives a striker more time in the ball. Striker's quite happy that he's got a runner coming in from a wide area. It's coming across the face of him or even the second midfield that's going beyond to take it off the face of the, of the centre forward as well. Little things like this, whereas that's what you're seeing now. I've not seen it from Matic this season I've not, or, or for, for a good while. I've not seen it from even Pogba. Too, far too many touches on the ball. How many times have we said that and we've been yeah. in here? Too many touches. Whereas... 
it might be one and two touch now that we're seeing from them. One touch out your feet, fire it in, or even first time if the weight's right on the pass. That's what you see more from United now. Was that is that a Ferguson thing, um, Pat? I know, I know you haven't worked under a huge amount, or maybe you've heard bits and bobs about him. That simple three to four line sentence which can transform a player's game. Did Ferguson have that knack? Was that his style at all? The few times I, I was in squads with him, the Scotland squad, um, certainly a couple of times I played, um, he was very, very simple and direct and gave you an instruction. You know, when you, you were on the pitch, this is what I would like you to do. Mm. You know, and it's very clear, you know, I, I don't know, I don't, you, you're going to get by that guy, you're going to get the byline, and I'll probably count how many times you get to the byline. And you're thinking, right, I need to figure out a hundred ways to do that, but I'll figure it out and I'll get there. Mm. And it was a real kind of, yes, I know what I need to do. But also, yeah, but I know you trust me to do it. Mm. And so it was a kind of, you almost got both from that. You know, there's more than one way to do that. You can do that through drills. We've all done them drills before. Um, it looks to me like they've been doing that drill where, you know, Kevin, you'll remember it many, many times. You know, you know, if you, you play a ball in a, a seven-a-side game, but if you don't move after playing it, it's a foul against you. Yeah. Um, so you have to play a ball, then move, and if you don't move, foul against you. But there's all sorts of versions of that. In the Barcelona one, where they used to, if you didn't play a forward pass in the little game you were playing, uh, and the forward pass was on, you lose possession. It's a bit like that. Mm. Within two passes, play it forward. And they might have just been doing quite a lot of that mm. and just getting, in, getting it into the heads, getting it into the muscle memory, and then being told afterwards, right, pass it forwards. Add them two things together. And that's exactly the sort of thing that Ferguson and the great managers have always done. Yeah. That things that are kind of allow you to do what you do, but also give you a goal on how to do it. And, and keeping it simple, it kind of helps with footballs, and that's including myself, has mm. <laughs> to be said. Because it's in Ferguson's um, first autobiography, the one in 99, the treble year one, it's, fun, it's just one of these great little pieces of advice that stuck in my head, and it ties in with almost the simplicity. When Ferguson was playing professionally in Scotland and was going through a bad patch as a striker, his dad gave him the advice, the next time you're in on goal, kick the ball as hard as you can, because either then it will look like the keeper's made a great save or you'll score the goal. And it's just this, you know, very simple. And, it, and Ferguson said, you know, it calmed him right down the next time he was in on goal. And you can imagine Ferguson saying this to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer 15, 20, 30 years yeah. later, you know, just these simple little perils, these, these things yeah. the players take on board. So Spurs is going to be a very different game, though, isn't it? Yeah, for me, so yeah, I, th I think, oh, without a doubt, it's going to be. I, and I was at Goodison Park, was it just before Christmas, or was it just after Christmas, when Tottenham just took Everton apart? And I'm thinking, right, this could be a serious challenge on. They, they could seriously push these top two up now. And then they go and blow it against Wolves, wasn't it, when they got beat against Wolves? And I didn't see that coming from anywhere. But the level that they're playing at now, that front four, I think they're as good as anything in the, in the Premier League or as anything that's around in European football. Son, Deli Alley. Christian Eriksen, Harry Kane, that four, and then you're throwing in a Lucas Moura, one of these lads that can, can come in and make an impact off the bench, and one or two others. Tottenham need to keep those four, four, four fit, Not and I sure. think if they do that, yeah, I, but I think they'll beat United. On current form, I think United, yeah, come into it, Brilliant that they've won the five games, but the level of um, of performance on the pitch is not what Tottenham are at now. I don't think yeah. so. Because I mean, attack, 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 and enjoy yourselves doesn't feel quite sophisticated enough for Spurs, Pat. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love watching them as a team, but they've got a couple of particular difficulties coming up. Um, they've got Chelsea tomorrow night um, in, in the, the Carabao Cup. They can't, they can't take it completely seriously, 
but it's Chelsea and it's a semi-final mm. and Pochettino hasn't won anything yet so they kind of have to so that's that's going to be a tough Chelsea will be well up for that so that's going to be a tough game and it's over two legs so they have to fit both of those games in in the rest of January which is going to push them a little bit we've got the Man United game the other games they've got it's Fulham they should be able to do that but remember it's a London derby and then at Watford so they're actually not they're kind of not easy games they're all winnable for Spurs but they are getting crushed now with games I, and I think with this Carabao Cup's just probably two games they could have really done without yeah um, that, that, on top of that so they, they play Chelsea then they have you know Manchester United afterwards if it had been at United, I would have been very worried about them in this mm. game. Mm. The way United are playing just now. They've probably just, as Kev says, got enough to get by in this mm. one. Um, but they've, each time they've went in a great run, there's been a huge faltering. Yeah. You know, the Arsenal game, you know, it's, in, you, in the Wolves game, you think, well, wait a minute, you look phenomenal. You don't see that for the very best teams from here on in. And to get back to Alec Ferguson, remember, he always used to say, right, get the you know Christmas, New Year out of the way. And then the season starts. Mm. For, for Spurs, they've been running at full tilt just to keep in touch. And I think looking at Man City and Liverpool, I think the season starts now for them. Yeah. Um, we do want to get your thoughts on what's going on at Chelsea then. Mm. Uh, it's very interesting. So uh, £60 million sterling, give or take, depending on pre-Brexit and post-Brexit. But Christian Pulisic uh, has been signed 20 years of age from Dortmund. Um, he's broken all sorts of Bundesliga records. Youngest player to score, two goals in the game, etc. Uh, first team opportunities limited this season. This season, Sancho seems to have taken his place. So, Chelsea buying him, and it seems considering, although they may, they may be saying that's they're, they're not anymore, but considering an offer for Callum uh, Hudson Odoi, who's 18 years of age, Bayern Munich willing to pay 30 million for him. They play in similar positions. Um, Kev, I remember, was it last year you watched England, yeah. Argentina, underage, and came into the office? I don't know if you said it on air, but to be fair to I you, did, yeah, I did. you said Hudson Odoi, I think you said he has, he has everything. Yeah, well, Pat just touched on it earlier on about the, the talent that's within the English youth structure. Yeah. And they played Argentina that day. Technically, they were so far. McEachern is another one that plays at Chelsea that yeah. Pat would know of as well. Um, Sancho's from that side, Foden, Hudson Odoi. Hudson Odoi, physically, he has it. Technically, he has it, and I saw a player there that I would just you, you think, wow. I saw Sanchez, uh, Sancho playing in that youth side with Foden and uh, Brian Diaz, who's just gone to uh, or Brian Diaz, just gone to Real Madrid today for 18 million. Unbelievably talented. I mean, incredibly talented footballer, and seeing the way that he just took apart Notts Forest or Nottingham Forest at the weekend as well. It's something that I wanted to touch on to Pat there as well to say, well, where does he go? Why sign Pulisic for 60 million or Pulisic for 60 million? When you've got when you've got Hudson Odoi, who's as good if not better, he's on the level of Sancho. From the, they've, they've come through the system together, so why on earth is he going to sit around? What what what's in his mind? Think I'm going to go and sit around at Chelsea when I'm just not going to get a game here. What's mm. the point? I have to say, Pat, if I was a young talented player, it would be the last place on earth I would go near Chelsea. Um, so this is a strange interaction, or isn't it? Um, yes, from one angle, but from another angle, what age is William? 30, 31 now, mm. you know how much time he got left, two to three years. Those players are 18, 19, 20. Yeah. They're just grown into their best time, exactly the same position. Chelsea like to have two players in that sort of position. Um, I don't know if you've seen a great deal of Pulisic. Uh, you're going to love watching him. But mm. Right, <laughs> I haven't seen much of him, no. Uh, yeah, you're going to like watching him. Uh, he is lightning quick, beautiful skills, 
some of them are just outrageous kind of oh you can't do that somebody's going to kick you if you do that kind of skills um but it's not done for any other reason than to get by people mm. um he's not getting on at the moment because of uh, Jaden sancho because a he's playing well they're at the top of the league he got injured sancho come in does really well <coughs> well you don't get your place back yeah it's no more complicated than that he is a good player um there is one other thing if you're going to be well, slightly cynical about it he is american mm. um that's the market that chelsea are very interesting and i don't mean players I mean, the marketplace they'd like to get to. The, the World Cup's coming up in the US as well, just when uh, Pulisic will be at his, his very, very best. So, you know, sometimes players are bought not just for what they can add on the pitch, but what they can add off it as well. Um, it seems like a lot of money for me for that player. I would agree. If it was 30 or 35, I think a lot of people would have nodded sagely. But, you know, getting up to what, 58 million, that's a hell of a lot of money for him. Um, as for Hudson Odoi, I've, I've been to watch almost all the games he's played in this season. He's played in all the Europa League games. Um, and I'm, I'm really impressed. You almost smile when you talk about him. Mm. Uh, he, he does a couple of things, right? He's got the skills, as Kevin said. Given. Pace. Given. Um, I, want to know the, I want to know about the other things. I want to know about match intelligence. You know, the real things that put you on the different plane. He was playing in the first game I watched him play. And he was just, he was just too narrow. He wasn't getting the ball in the right position because it was too narrow. He was 15 yards too near end when the ball was on the right-hand side and he was out left. And I was saying in the commentary, you've got to move out there, mate. Somebody's got to tell him to move. I hadn't got the sentence out. He was walking towards the byline. Hmm. <laughs> he was standing right on it, thinking, this is how I get the ball. And I'm thinking, yeah, you've got something. The intelligence to know what to do at that age. Match intelligence isn't something I don't know if you learn it that well. Hmm. I think you either got it or you don't yeah. got it. And he definitely has. And, and so, so everything on top of it, he's good enough. Uh, so are they are they considering the Bayern Munich offer, or have they shut that down? Or where are well, we? Well, forty million is a lot, you know. It's, if, if it goes up to that, I don't think they'll take the twenty for him, but the forty is an awful lot. Um, there are weaknesses to his game. Okay. Still, and, and whether you go over those weaknesses, he would come on against uh, Watford. It was at that game, Chelsea Watford or Watford Chelsea, and boxing uh, since Stevens Day. Sorry, forgetting where I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he came on. And he was basically bullied off the ball by the entire time by the defenders at Watford. You know, this is the big boys now. It's a wee bit different here. And, you know, it takes a wee bit of learning that. And I was a wee bit, I was a wee bit disappointed that he didn't do better against Watford. And he went off with an alleged injury, a hamstring injury. Um, but there's, there's still things to learn. There's still things to do. He's not the finished, pack, finished package. But, you know, 40 million, what does that get you these days? Yeah, exactly. I just, it is just uh, striking that they'll spend all this money on Pulisic and maybe not try and develop Hudson-Odoi. Maybe it just ties in with that wider sense that for all these brilliant FA Youth Cup teams, I think they've won, what, five in a row. Loftus-Cheek is about the only player who's really emerged. It seems, I, I, I'll be honest with you, yeah. I, I've not really seen many coming through that I've thought were good enough. Okay, really? You know, they win and they win and they win. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a big difference from going and being good enough to go and play we're a team that's full of, you know, World Cup winners and things like that. Mm. You know, you've got to be something else. You've mm. got to be absolutely off the scale. Um, I thought Tammy Abraham's probably the closer I thought he's got a chance. Mm. Um, other than that, Loftus-Cheek, there's more. He, he needs to learn more things in his game. He needs to be at the last 90 minutes, all that sort of stuff. Um, so no absolute sticker on definites are good enough for Chelsea. Solanke was the one before that everyone's talking about. Mm. Well, what's he doing now? He's mm. going to get another move and he's, he's not really made an impression. 
you got to come through. You got to be not good. You got to be absolutely brilliant to get through those systems. And that's Manchester City, and that's you know Chelsea as well. Yeah, fair enough. Um, as for Chelsea, Kev, it's just a nice cottage industry to have all these players that they can sell off. As yeah, well. that's the industry. Pat will know a lot more than me. The industry is making money for them. So for all that we're not, we're we're talking about Chelsea. It may in our minds they're not developing them, but they are because the the money that they're generating from buying in youth from around Europe and around the world, selling them on to, to different clubs, they, they have been a success. It's been a massive success for Chelsea over the last ten years or so, and the amount of players that's come through that academy that we've seen around, you know, the Lukaku's, the De Bruyne's, the they've been bought in and sold on, and that's how the, that's how the system's working for them, and it is I, making I, a lot of money. I can tell you one other thing from the system. Stephen, they get a young player, there's a young Scottish player who came down recently and uh, they got him and his parents in and they said, right, they spent a lot of money getting them in. They said, you probably won't play for the first team. You'll never get there. But we'll make you as good as you can possibly mm. be mm. and you'll have a great career if you if you have the right attitude because you've got all the attributes. So they don't give them nonsense. They don't BS them. They get them down and say, we will give you yeah. a fantastic education in football and you will get as far as you possibly can get after this education in football. So... The normal shouting and bawling is, oh, they don't get the opportunities they're being held back at Chelsea. It's absolute nonsense. If you're not good enough, you go out on loan. Mm. You go to Vitesse, you go to wherever, and you learn your trade, and you go on, mm. and you maximise the potential mm. of what you can do. By the way, I, there was one other player I forgot to mention there. Ampadu. He yeah. was got from someone else, but yeah. wow, he's spectacular. Joe liked him. You liked him when you saw him play, didn't you, against yeah, us? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just one thing. You mentioned football education as well, though, Pat. Privately educated as well, uh, that's another thing. Man City and Chelsea both do that. You get a private education. So if you're a kid that's coming in, you're going to get private education to 16, 18. As a parent, you know, that, that's, that's something as well that's going to take your child forward for the rest of their lives as well. So that's yeah. another, another incentive. Yeah, no, I must say, if I, if I was a parent and a kid was given a chance to go to City where you know they would never play in the senior team or to go to a championship club where they make get in eventually. I still think I'd lean towards City in the hope that they get the best football education and just let them know early doors. You're going to be turfed out at 18, 19, but hopefully you'll be ready. That's, that's the business model. It is. And, well, that's, 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 that's the moral model. The business model is the one that Kev's talking about. Yeah. It, makes, it makes Chelsea a fortune. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, a lot of, they spend a lot of money on it. They've got the best facilities imaginable. Um, they give them every opportunity. They, they pay them well. But in the end, they sell. And they sell very well. They make massive profits. And even a lot of the players that you talk about that were brought in and people say they were failures at Chelsea, have a look at how many of them were sold on for profits. The yeah. real shock. So you see, it's, a, it's an industry. Cottage industries may be doing it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With the money involved. Hey, uh, good news for the FA Cup. Fourth round, Manchester United against Arsenal. Excellent stuff. I like so that. I'll take that. Uh, okay. That was important. I wanted to know if they make Liverpool did go out there. Yes. Yeah, we did mention yes, that. Sorry, yeah. Liverpool out. Wolves go through. Yeah, Wolves two one. Yeah. Jurgen Klopp it's not that, devastated. It's not that I wanted. It's not that I wanted Liverpool to go out. It's just that Liverpool. Uh, that game had to go to a result tonight with yesterday's game. Now I know which game I'm doing next Monday night. Good. I'm happy. Right. What game are you doing? <laughs> in Manchester City next week, isn't it? Um, next Monday. How oh, is it? So okay. I'll be doing that game. Okay. Um, but it was going to be cancelled if it was a draw tonight. Okay, very good. See the selfishness of us pundits. <laughs> listen, it's all we care about, really. Um, listen, thanks a million. I guess we'll talk when we talk. Thanks. See you. Love Pat. It. All right, Pat. See you Cheers. See everyone. Cheers. Football on Off The Ball. Brought to you by the Boyle Sports app. Cash out and in-play betting available in the App Store and Google Play Store.